You're listening to episode 16 of the Beam Life Podcast. In today's episode, I talk about how just eight months ago, I had the biggest universal intervention. And I also realized that it was a wake-up call to start living and loving. And I can't wait to share this with you guys. As always, thank you for tuning in and your support and this community just rocks my world. Be sure to take a selfie, tag at the beam life and post it to the gram so that I can connect with you guys. I love it more than anything. You guys are the best. Keep beaming. Let's get this party started. Welcome to the beam life podcast, a rad and soulful show designed to set your heart on fire. As a hive, we will chat all things lifestyle, dig deep on how to achieve your wildest dreams, discover your confidence, and live the most fierce version of you. Yes, Beam Babe! You can be everything and more. Here's your host, the Beam Boss herself, Caitlin. I wanted to start our podcast off like this today. Pretty women wonder where my secret lies. I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model size. But when I start to tell them, they think I'm telling lies. I say, it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman, phenomenally phenomenal woman. That's me. I walk into a room just as cool as you please. They stand or fall down to their knees. Then they swarm around me, a hive of honeybees. I say, it's the fire in my eyes and the flash of my teeth, the swing in my waist and the joy in my feet. I'm a woman, phenomenally phenomenal woman. That's me. They have wondered what they see in me. They try so much, but they can't touch my inner mystery. When I try to show them, they say they still can't see. I say, it's me. I'm a woman, phenomenally phenomenal woman. That's me and that's you. When you see me passing, it ought to make you proud. It's in the click of my heels the bend of my hair, the palm of my hand, they need of my care, cause I'm a woman, phenomenally phenomenal woman. That's me and that's you. That's the poem Phenomenal Woman by Dr. Maya Angelou that I um, paraphrased a little bit. And I first heard that read actually by Oprah who had a deep relationship with Maya Angelou and um, little did I know because it was a while ago that I heard that read um, how it would show up later and have such a significant impact on me and the way I view beam life and beam babes and everything that it stands for Um, my podcast last week briefly touched on some of the recent events that have taken place in my life and um, what I've realized is with every post I release or podcast I record or person I talk to, I become more in tune, free, and better yet, 
you know, finding my flow and the feedback and support from this community of Bean Babes has been phenomenal, phenomenal women, right? That's why I started with that. And, um, you see for a long time, I have been swimming upstream and I realized I just needed to stop fighting the current and turn over on my back and just float peacefully float. Um, or in better terms, just be myself. The more I have become and grown into who I am, I've realized the more I'm able to contribute to the world and share my unique gifts. And we all have those God-given gifts, that one thing that makes us unique and enough and matter. Because you matter and I matter and This world is waiting for us to just show up and own it. Take that gift that we've been given and share it. And it's really like that ultimate quest for the truth. And if your heart and mind are open to looking for that truth and owning that truth, it will show itself to you. And that's exactly what happened to me. A little over eight months ago, I walked into a party. It was just a regular neighborhood weekend pool party uh, with some um, friends. And the biggest intervention from God, the universe, divine, um, and wake-up call happened to me in my life. It was as if I got hit by an 18-wheeler, y'all. I mean whoa, it was one of those moments that you will never, ever forget. It was the day I met my now partner, Wendy. And from the moment I met her on that day, I felt as though a prayer I didn't even know I was praying had been answered. To be clear, nothing happened and there was no conversation or even flirtatious behavior. I just knew that this energy that I felt surged through me from the moment I met her was something that I needed to explore further. Both of us were purely coming at it from a friendship point of view, but both of us knew that there was something unique and special to that relationship from that moment we first met. Now, before I lose some of you, Uh, on this story. Let me get back on track and kind of circle back to how this all happened. Um, On the day I met Wendy, it was just about two weeks before my five-year wedding anniversary to my then-husband, Adam, um, who is also the father to my three-and-a-half-year-old daughter. And in addition to being married and parents, we were also business partners. Um, The two of us owned and operated a local gym with over 400 members, and they felt like family to me. I mean, I practically lived there. It was my home, and they were my people, my family, my community um, for the past five years. So as you can imagine, I was just as surprised as many were that I had these feelings um, so intensely for someone else and let alone somebody of the same gender as me. But somehow, none of that even seemed to matter. What mattered was 
that everything I had been stuffing down and swallowing, all these emotions, all these feelings um, for the past two and a half to three years in my marriage and my personal life was finally being exposed to me and it wasn't pretty. Um, During this time, I was also about to run my first and only 50 mile running race. Yes, I said 50. Five zero um, in the mountains of Big Bear, nonetheless. And this was just another outlet I came to later realize of something I was using to numb myself. I have been an endurance athlete for the last three years, and lo and behold, um, you know, the races were never long enough and I could never train hard enough. And I realized that going through therapy and working through some things, that it is a It was something I was using not for fun or for fitness. It was to numb and to escape. Um, So I suppose it's better than alcohol, but at the end of the day, escaping and numbing is escaping and numbing. So um, between meeting Wendy and then a week later crossing that 50-mile finish line, I finally had to face what was in the mirror because there was no more training plans. There was no more escaping. I was faced with reality. And I was tired, y'all. I was so tired of running and literally running, um, but also um, metaphorically running. And the hardest part of this whole scenario was not that I met someone else who happens to not be a man, but um, it's that I'm a mother. And not only am I a mother to my daughter, But I also, in a sense, felt a very motherly role in my business to my staff and to my members. And I was a leader and I am a leader and a person that people really looked up to and depended on. And it wasn't really until these moments that I felt and I realized how much I had sacrificed of myself and my dreams and kind of changed and morphed to fit that role, um, then I really had intended to. And on top of all that, you know, Adam and I played a central spotlight in that business. Um, we were always playing that role of that high achieving, everything is great. We have our, you know, shit together couple. And um, by no means am I saying that you know, Adam is a bad person or our marriage was a complete sham, but it just wasn't the relationship for me. And, um, to be 33 and married for five years and run a successful business and for that to kind of all hit you in the face is, um, a shock to the system. And, um, you know, out of respect to Adam and our daughter and our business, I don't feel, you know, the need to go much deeper into our marriage troubles. Um, This journey isn't really about that anyways. Um, What this is about is that I knew I wanted more than what I had. And I imagined a life, you know, and a relationship, you know, when I first got married, um, it was this life that I planned, you know, this storybook life. But what I realized is that life that I had imagined was something that was given to me in a script, right? And what I really wanted 
and imagined now was a life and a relationship where I felt real self-love, like that real deep, confident self-love, compassion, freedom, and the support to be me, just me. I don't want to wear any more masks. I just wanted to be me and love myself for being me and be loved for being me. Um, but as I mentioned, you know, society has a different agenda for us. You know, we're taught so much to grow up and as women to just accept that what we have is good enough. I know so many women, like their goal is like, I want to go to college, find a guy, get married, have a baby. And while that seems like a little bit outdated, um, maybe out in Los Angeles or New York, where I do have a lot of uh, listening groups, um, in the South, in Texas and other Southern areas, unfortunately, that's still kind of the script. And it still somewhat is out here, depending on your upbringing. And... Um, what, what I mean by that is that, you know, I would be, would have been considered like a lucky one. You know, I got married by, um, 27 and I had a baby, we had a successful business and it's like, people are like, oh my gosh, you got, got it all together. Social media looks on point. Everything's great. Um, because we can't show that anything is a flaw, right? I mean, that just, wouldn't be a good story to tell. Um, and this is, you know, what, what, what I was taught in a sense, um, by looking at other role models and how things have been done generations before me. I mean, think about how often and how many decisions are made for us since we are small children, especially me being a young Girl, I think about this all the time, the way I'm raising my daughter now. I mean, from being a small child, it's like growing up, it's like, oh, is that really what you're going to wear? Are you going to go to private school? Are you really going to be friends with that person? Um, Who are you going to prom with? Then once you're in high school, it's like, where are you going to college? And oh, are you dating anybody now? And okay, so you're finally dating. When are you going to get married? And when you're married, um, when are you going to have your first baby? And oh, now you have your first baby. Well, it has to have a sibling. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on and on. It never stops, y'all. It never stops. It's no wonder. I'm reading this incredible book right now um, by Dr. Daniel Amen, who um, has the um, specializes in brain health, and the book is to the end to mental illness. And a stat in there is that 36% of girls will experience clinical depression during their teenage years. 36%. And 23% of women between 40 and 59 are on antidepressant medications. You guys, these statistics are unacceptable. We can do better than this. And it is because it is constantly being put in our face what we need to do, who we need to be with, how we need to live our lives, what's expected of us. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting. So... I knew I was at this point where I had to make a decision. Was I going to actually trust myself for the first time 
and leave my marriage that no longer served me and risk losing everything and breaking my daughter's heart potentially um, and disappoint people or stay put and continue to live okay and just follow suit and just be okay with being okay, right? Um, Isn't that what we're supposed to do? And then I remembered that poem I read to you guys by Maya Angelou. And the first line, pretty women wonder where my secret lies. And that secret lies within me. I knew that. My confidence. I knew I wanted more. I just had to listen. It also was beautiful to remember some words by my incredible friend, Jane, um, who always has said to me since the moment we met, loyalty to yourself first. Now, Jane is somebody you want to have on your side and also is a badass. So when she speaks, you listen. And that was something that has stuck with me um, since I met her. I will always say to myself, Caitlin, loyalty to yourself first. And after all, if we aren't okay, it's impossible to have a full cup. You know, um, one of the images I love to think about is a pitcher of water. And if you um, just have a pitcher and you fill it up with water and you start filling it up with cups, um, you eventually run out of water, right? But if you stick the pitcher underneath a running sink of water and you just let the water spill over the top, you never run out of water and the cups can still get full. So I knew I needed to fill my pitcher. I needed to put myself and loyalty to myself first for the first time in my adult life and make that decision. So that's what I did. I took the biggest leap of faith into the unknown. And although I don't know what the future holds, I do know who and what the future holds, which is a great quote. I hope I'm doing it right from um, uh, Ralph Abernathy. And that's a quote that I have always loved. And it's so beautiful and true is that we have no idea, hence being in this COVID-19 quarantine, what the future holds. But we do know who and what holds the future. And that's us. And that's our responsibility. And we have the power to own that and control that and that alone and no one but me knows what is better for me and I also know that this is the type of woman I want my daughter to be and children can only be and know what is modeled for them right so that's our job as parents and as mothers and even if you're not a mother to a child that you have birthed I guarantee you, you are a mother to someone. And it is our responsibility to honor ourselves. And I want her to always know how to listen to her inner self and never choose numbing and to choose freedom and that it's okay to make decisions that might ruffle a few feathers 
and be misunderstood. I'll never forget, I think it was like in my first or second therapy session, and I told her how worried I was about people not understanding this decision I've made. And she said to me, Caitlin, it's okay to be misunderstood. And I could do a podcast on this entire topic alone, um, but being misunderstood is extremely uncomfortable for me. For those of you who have ever taken an Enneagram or a personality test, I'm an Enneagram 3 and an ESFJ personality type. So it is in my nature and it is a priority for me to be liked and loved. Um, But I also know that I want to be liked and loved for my truest self, not a version of me that isn't real or that I've created to fit into some other mold that someone else has made for me. Um, you know, Walt Whitman says, re-examine all that you've been told and dismiss that which insults your soul. And by staying unhappy and unfulfilled, I was truly insulting my soul. And I knew what I needed to do. And making that decision and following that path definitely hasn't been an easy one. Um, But it really never is. But what I can say for the first time in a long time is that I know I'm finally moving in the right direction for me. And I haven't felt this amount of happiness or freedom maybe ever. And although it took a failed marriage and me leaving a business and so many other things to feel this way, I don't look at failure as a bad thing. We should celebrate our failures. I mean, it's an opportunity to change the course. And I've said it a million times before on podcasts and in my videos and all that on social and quotes and all that stuff is that just because we mess up doesn't mean that we give up. In fact, this is just the beginning. And I have vowed to myself to never again live on someone else's terms or because or make decisions because I feel bad for something else or I'm worried about hurting somebody's feelings. I want to be able to honor my soul and serve this community and a community of women. And I know that the only way I can do that is by nurturing the spirit that is me. We have a limited amount of time, Bean Babes. I mean, time is so fleeting. And I knew it was my time to start really living and loving. And what that exactly means yet, I don't know. But I know that I'm moving that way. And I'm following that energy. Meeting Wendy gave me that energy I couldn't deny. You know, the story that people often get wrong is that I left Adam for her. And while I can't change or control what other people are going to think or say... I can't tell you that it couldn't be further from the truth. My marriage was over long before meeting her, but she showed me that there was more. And Wendy revealed the truth of myself, and I haven't looked back since. I tell myself every single morning when I wake up and look in the mirror that I am so truly lucky truly, truly lucky 
to have found this part of myself and to find a person that I can be me with. And just yesterday, I mean, perfect timing for recording this podcast, I was finishing up Glennon Doyle's new book, Untamed, and there was a quote at the end of a chapter, and it said, the braver we are, the luckier we get. And wow, the braver we are, the luckier we get. Wow. I mean, that one hit me pretty big time because I have had to be brave to get here. And it does make me feel lucky, but I know that these were all choices I made to get here. So I think that is where I'm going to end this episode. It doesn't get much better than that. Just remember, Bean Babes, the world is waiting for your contribution. You have to own your story. Always move in the direction of love. Be yourself and keep beaming. I love you. The Beam Life Podcast records episodes weekly and can be found on Instagram at The Beam Life and at beamlife.com.